Today on episode number 750 of the School of Podcasting, if I gave you $7 million a day, do you think you could create a podcast network that would actually be successful? Today, we're going to learn some lessons from the people at Quibi who, well, weren't. I know. What? Yeah. Seriously. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is why I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. If you'd like to start a podcast, the best time to start right now, go to schoolofpodcasting.com, use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, on either a monthly or yearly subscription, and you can join worry-free. If you don't like it, anytime within that first 30 days, just let me know, and I will give you your money back. Start 2021 with a podcast. Join today. And yes, 2021 is right around the corner. Isn't it? Is what? Yeah, I'm not kidding. I know. We still got December to get through, but speaking of December, if you're new to the show, I always have my very last episode, which is going to be December 28th, is a show based on your input. And the question that you need to answer is, what is your favorite podcast? Tell me a little bit about it. Tell me where I can find it, the actual website. And then the big question is, why? Why is it your favorite podcast? That's really what we're looking for. And of course, if you have a podcast, tell us about your podcast. Tell us a little bit about what it's about and where we can find that as well. So by the end, we've heard about your podcast and your favorite podcast. And when we all chime in on this, that last episode is kind of cool because you get to discover a bunch of podcasts. Now, I need your entry by December 14th because it takes me a while to put all this together. So go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question and get that in today. And I realize, I know it's not an easy question because you can only pick one. I'm going to say that again. If you give me two, I'm taking your first answer. It's a little bit like Jeopardy. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. I'm only going to take your first answer. So if you give me three because you couldn't decide, I'm throwing out the other two. Just letting you know ahead of time. Hence why I need it by the 14th, because I have to do some editing in some cases. But I really do appreciate it. Always makes a great episode. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Ooh, now that's a good question. (laughs) Oh, Wayne Henderson from mediavoiceovers.com. I laugh every time I hear him go, ooh. Hey, uh, if you're new to the show, this is a new segment, because I hear people ask questions like, So tell me a little bit about yourself, which is not a good question. And so today we have a question from really one of the best interviewers on the planet, and that is Howard Stern. Back on this program on School of Podcasting episode 744, you can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 744. I talked about what podcasters can learn from Eddie Van Halen, and Howard was interviewing Wolfgang Van Halen, which is Eddie Van Halen's son. And at first, if you think about it, his first question is, are you a prodigy? And I, part of me goes, that's a horrible question because it's yes or no. But think about that. Think about if you said, yes, yes, I am a prodigy. 
that would be kind of different. But the really good part of this little segment is listen to the follow-up questions that Howard was, it, it shows he was listening and then he goes in. So what do you end up with, with the great follow-up question is insight into Wolfie and then information you can't get anyplace else, which is insights into Eddie Van Halen and starts with uh, a question, but then it's the follow-up question. And many times it's the follow-up question that is the one that really, really, really brings out the great content. Do you think you're a prodigy uh, like your father, like your uncle? I mean, do you think that, I mean, it sounds to me kind of magical that you can play every instrument and you can play every song at that young of an age. It's, it's I, almost, do you, do you ever think it's in the blood? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I certainly don't think very highly of myself. I have horrible self-esteem and, and terrible anxiety. So I'm never one to give myself credit in, in, in anything. Now, if this was me interviewing Wolfie, I would have a piece of paper in front of me with a pen that doesn't click. And I would just write down self-esteem because listen to what Howard does with this now. What do you mean you have low self-esteem in the sense that if I could play the way you play, play the, the all the Van Halen repertoire and then make an album and play every instrument. I would think you'd be a little bit full of yourself. It, I guess on paper I should be, uh, but I'm I'm not. <laughs> and, and, I'm not. And, and and you say you suffer from this. Did you did oh, yeah. you ever growing up the, the the son of two famous parents? Did you ever get help? Did you ever talk to a professional a psychiatrist? I'm always curious about this to get yeah, to no, get. I, it was only recently, maybe the past five or six years, that I went to therapy for a good five years, and you know got the tools I needed, and now I can kind of deal with shit on my own yeah that's that's how my dad was he he had just he was the most anxious person always that's why he drank you know but that that's how he would kind of hide it he, he was super anxious so there you go it's the follow-up question that really gets there and actually if you think about it he asked kind of a sensitive question have you ever gone to therapy and that led to an interesting story and just to wrap this up so Eddie Van Halen, one of the best guitar players ever, period, was nervous about playing guitar in front of people. That's amazing. And uh, what else that was? Well, ooh, now that's a good question. If you're not sure what equipment to buy, if you are worried about sounding unprofessional or looking stupid, I've got the solution for you. Join the School of Podcasting. If you go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER, you'll get access to our private Facebook group filled with brilliant podcasting minds. You'll get access to my step-by-step -step tutorials that'll walk you through every single part of the podcast. And of course, you get live group coaching a couple of times a month. And of course, you have direct access to me via email. And many times I will answer your question with a video to show you exactly what to do. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Join worry-free anytime within the first 30 days. If you are not satisfied, I will refund your money. Get podcasting in 2021. Join today. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. They say that it's good to learn from your mistakes. And I'm here to say it's even better if you learn from other people's mistakes. And so today we're going to talk about a thing called Quibi. And a lot of you right now just went, a what? What, what, what? What is a Quibi? And according to Wikipedia, 
It's an over-the-top American short-form streaming platform that generates content for viewing on mobile devices. It was founded in Los Angeles in August 2018 as New TV by Jeffrey Katzenberg. And I feel like, I think I've heard that name before. He was the chairman of Walt Disney Studios from 1984 to 1994. So he's kind of the guy that brought them back from, from being almost dead. And it's led by Weg, Weg, yeah, Weg Mitwin or Meg Whitman. She is the uh, the board member of Procter and Gamble and Dropbox. But wait, there's more. She was previously president and CEO of Hewlett Packard Enterprises. Well, she's the CEO. Pretty good, you know. That's a nice one-two punch. And in 2019, Variety reported that Quibi had secured. $100 million in advertising before the service even launched. Why? Because they had those two kingpins at the, you know, the helm. Now, here's the part that I was like, this is where I learned about Quibi. On February 2nd, uh, uh, this is back in 2020, they spent $5.6 million for one 30-second ad on the Super Bowl which when I looked it up was viewed by 99.9 million viewers, assuming they're not in the bathroom or getting some more chicken or whatever it is you do. But I did, if you do the math, roughly $18 a person, if you round up, you know, and that's if everybody signed up and you, you know, if you listen to the show, 3% of people might've signed up and well, they didn't. And anyway, the service, by the way, after spending $5.6 million for that one ad, the service was $5 a month if you wanted ads and $8 if you didn't want ads. And so that $5.6 million was a drop in the bucket because they went on, you'll see here in a minute, uh, the, the commercial, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Here's the beauty of it. And what we're going to do today is learn what happens when a company kind of goes under and and I've got something hang with me. There's a really good point coming up here, but the commercial was so stupid and it didn't really answer or explain what the heck Quibi was. You just knew that it was less than 10 minutes and I'll have a link out in the show notes, but that's really, if you watch it, it's got these guys in like llama masks and they're robbing a bank and somebody's watching a video that's less than 10 minutes. And so they explained what it was, but not so much why it was or how you're going to benefit. All right, here's the kicker. It raised, are you ready for this? $1.75 billion. That is with a B. $1.75 billion. Can we just take a second to actually ponder exactly how much money that is? $1.75 billion dollars from investors. It had a variety of shows that featured original, you know, stuff from people like Jennifer Lopez, Chrissy Teigen, or is it Teigen? I don't know. Chance the Rapper, Liam Hemsworth, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, uh, Lena Waithe, Nicole Richie, Reese Witherspoon. Those are, and they also had, uh, there was a show by C Steven Spielberg. It goes on. And they even offered a 90-day free trial 
for anyone who signed up on their website before April 6th. Well, here's the kicker. That Super Bowl ad was on February, and they were opening in April. And they didn't explain what they were or what it did for you. So overall, they plan to have 175 original shows, 8,500 episodes in that first year. And they had $175 billion to make that happen with two giant people at the helm. It was launched in April 6th on 2020, right? Just when it was supposed to. It is set to shut down on or about December 1st. That is a whopping 239 days of being in business. And if you do the math, that is $7,322,175.73 a day. And it failed miserably. And I, that's, that's, I was like, what? So it's, it's smart to learn from your mistakes. It's super smart to learn from other people's mistakes. And this wasn't, this was an epic fail. And so what I want to do is kind of give you the story of this. And then we're going to say, yeah, okay, but how does this pertain to podcasting? Cause it does. And that's one of the things they did is they didn't think they were competing with other people and they were. So buckle in as I tell this story. Cause you'll go, wait, they did what? They blew their launch. So they spent $5.6 million on a Super Bowl ad that should have given you an idea of like what they did. But in the strange event, but and I just said the commercial was hideous. It was ridiculously bad and stupid. But in the event, let's say the ad did have you go, wait, what's that? I got to see in less than 10 minutes. I got to get me some of that. And so you go out and you should be able to check to see like what it is, but it wasn't there yet. This was four months. So you spent $5.6 million to drum up some interest, which it didn't. And now I realize that when you're launching something, you start to build up a buzz. I get that, but they didn't. That was the one and only time I'd ever heard of, of Quibi. I never heard from them again. So that $5.6 million that they spent on that ad was they might as well have just lit it on fire. They blew their launch. So how does that pertain to podcasting? So many times I see people that they will say, Hey, I got to get this episode launched uh, today on Friday because I'm launching on Monday. No, you're not. No, you're not. And because it takes at least five days to be accepted by Apple when you submit your show. And what I don't get is people right now, last week, Apple released this, this technology where you can embed a Apple player on your website. 72% of Europe is on an Android phone. And so if you're launching and you're just promoting Apple, you are ignoring 70% of your audience in Europe. And so what I do is I say, hey, make sure your show is available on Apple and Google and Spotify and Amazon. And while you're at it, you know, uh, Ghana, Deezer, uh, there's all these other ones. When they're there, then say, hey, my show is available 
here it is, blah, blah, blah. And unlike the people that said, what's a Quibi? And they went to look and there isn't anything there. They'll be able to go into whatever they are using. Spotify, Google, Amazon, Overcast, Pocket Cast, uh, all these other ones. And they'll be able to find your show. Don't blow your launch. Be there when they go to look for you. Now, the other thing they did is they put all their faith in celebrities. And these are just some of the names. Jennifer Lopez, Kristen Bell, Nick Jonas, Tracy Morgan, Aaron Rodgers, Yerisha Heidi, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, Anthony Davis, Kevin Hart, Carly Kloss, Cardi B, Chance the Rapper, Dapper Dan, Jay Leno, and Wolfgang Puck. And that is literally just a, a pinch. And the people that were involved, they had experience. Like one guy, I just Googled him, Philip Abraham, who was a director of one of the programs. He has directed things in The Sopranos for Mad Men. He was the guy behind the movie Daredevil. He's directed parts of Ozark on Netflix. So these are talented people. But there was one thing that was really missing, and that is there was no breakout show. There was no... and. Remember, if you're a regular listener to the show, uh, a couple episodes ago, probably a couple months ago, I was obsessed with the word uh, interesting because I couldn't forget. And you have told me there's, I say interesting. Everybody else says interesting. Take your pick. And my buddy Kim Kradji over at Toastmasters101.net said, I think the word you're looking for is compelling. And I went, yes, that is the word I'm looking for. You know, go figure the person that does public speaking is good with words. And uh, there was no breakout show that inspired people. And let, you know, I, I fire up the Quibi app and I find this and I go, you got to watch this. And they go, where can I see that? And they go, it's on Quibi. There was nothing there that compelled you to tell a friend. And right now, do you know of anybody that was on Quibi? Did they come to you and say, Oh man, you got to see this show with Jennifer Lopez or whoever. No. What they did was they did recaps, like some of their shows, they did recaps of like the previous day's news or maybe sports updates. And I go, wow, now that is revolutionary. Oh, but it was under 10 minutes. So there was no compelling content. Now, how does this pertain to podcasting? I still hear people say this. If I could just get a big name interview on my show, that would help me grow my audience. No, not really unless they bring really good content and unless you do an interview that's going to be different, that's going to inspire them to share it with your audience. It really comes down to the content. And as I said before, Quibi came out, they did one blast on the Super Bowl, and I didn't hear from them again in marketing. You have to let people know where were all the ads after April saying, Hey, we're here. Remember that thing we did on the Super Bowl where I never saw it. Then the other one, and this one really makes me scratch my head because one of the things I've said on the show before, you have to make it easy to share your content. And according to a media analyst by the name of Josh Consign, there was no sharing capabilities. In other words, you couldn't take screenshots. I mean, you are completely denying the power of the meme when you disable screenshots, Uh, which, of course, what does that do? It limits the ability to go viral. When it was first launched, you could only watch it on your phone. That was it. There's no apps, no Fire TV, no Chromecast. And I thought about that. I'm like, so what they did is they made it hard 
to consume. Now, I realize we're all within an arm's length of our phone, but they took away the choices from the consumer. This is kind of like the whole Spotify Joe Rogan thing or, you know, when these exclusive things, which for the record so far haven't worked. Can't wait to see what's going to happen with Joe here in just a few weeks. But usually when you take away choices, they don't work. Anybody remember when Michelle Obama was exclusive to Spotify and now she's not? You think there's a reason for that? Sure. Now, I don't know this for a fact. This is my opinion. But what if they sold a a bunch of sponsors? You're going to get X amount of views because it's Michelle Obama. And uh, then, well, because it was only on Spotify, they only had X amount of views. And you still owe a bunch of views to uh, the sponsors. How would you, oh, you'd make it available everywhere. Hmm. Just a hypothesis, maybe. But they made it hard to share the show. And that just blows my mind. Then they put their faith in technology. If you're new to the show, one of the things I say, look, we love gear here. Trust me, we love gear. And I'll be talking about that in a bit. I've got a new partnership that's going to help you get really great gear and get the right gear. But we'll get to that in a bit. But they put their faith in technology and it's not the tech. It's not the tech. I say that all the time on the show. Nobody ever says, wow, did you listen to that podcast? No. What's it about? I don't know, but it it was like butter for your ears. No, it's not. It's not the technology that gets people to say, you've got to listen to this. And so one of the things, this is what set them apart was a technical feature called turnstile. And this meant that if you rotated the phone from horizontal to vertical, you would get a different camera angle. Everyone together. Yeah. Is it neat? Sure. Was it something so cool? I would tell a friend. No. And apparently, I had not even heard of this until I did research on how do you blow $1.7 billion and close. I had never heard of this feature. And this was the thing that they were the proudest of. Oh, we have Turnstile. We're different than Netflix. We have, okay. So basically what it did, Turnstile served you two different video streams simultaneously and then stitched them together with a single audio track. And I'll put links in the show notes again if you want to see this. But it wasn't really something you go, wow, this is, it. no. Okay. And so since we're talking about the tech, uh, just another side note. A company sued Quibi shortly after their launch. The company was called Echo, and it alleged that Quibi stole their technology after Echo demoed it, they had this technology, to employees of the company, including... Founder and chairman, you guessed it, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, even when you have billions in funding, lawsuits are kind of expensive. So they really thought, oh, the thing that's going to get people talking is this awesome turnstile. No, nobody's telling their friends unless it's, I remember when gaming first came out and you had to wear those goggles. Okay, that was kind of different, but it was different. This was like, and and it makes you feel like you're there if you think about that. But this was like, mm, no. And again, you had to to do it on your phone. And we're going to talk about that. And that is they are clueless. And I mean clueless about the competition. They were charging $5 if you wanted to watch ads, $8 a month for uh, if you didn't want ads for new content. Now, look at Disney, Netflix, Hulu, 
HBO Max, and while all of those have, you know, original content, they also have old favorites as well. So even if all the original stuff stinks, you're probably going to find something to watch. There's something there that was good, whether it's Seinfeld or Friends or old movies. It's something that you will actually go, yeah, I'll watch that again. They also have a way to add or they had no way to to add another person under your account. So think about this. If you're on Netflix, you you know, I I just logged into uh, HBO Max to watch the the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. It was actually really cool, but the first thing it does, which is kind of annoying when you're the only person it goes who's watching and I'm like the only person on the account. But if you have kids and you only have one person under the account, okay, great. So now you your kids number one have to borrow your phone because it's only available on the phone. And they're going to go watch a bunch of cartoons and Dora the Explorer or, or what's the Piper Pig or something, whatever. And the next time you go to watch, it's going to give you a bunch of recommendations that are really, you don't really want to watch Pepper Pig or whoever it was. So that was kind of dumb. And uh, to me, again, think about this. So they're charging $5 a month and they're expecting every person, because it's on your phone, it's a personal thing, that if your family of four wants to get involved because let's assume they had good content and you're like, Oh man, I'm watching the show with Jennifer Lopez. And they're like, I want to see, Nope. You got to get your own account. So now it's $20 a month for your whole family. If they don't mind watching ads. No, they're clueless about the competition. And this is the one that I was like, it was reported that the CEO, you know, Whitman, she said, we're not competing with Netflix. So can we just think about that a second? I'm not, I, I am in a video streaming service, but I'm not competing with Netflix. What, what, what? And the reason they said that was because, well, we're short. We're short. We're different. And that's kind of like saying, look, we're starting a radio station. All of our songs are going to be under four minutes long. So you will never hear Freebird on this station. That's us. All of our songs are four minutes long. And we're not competing with the other radio stations. And I was like, wow, how clueless can you be? So they're way overpriced for what they're doing. They make it very hard to share. And you can't talk about it with your family because your family can't watch unless they borrow your phone. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Then the other one, and I think this is one of the things that they really, I'm like, if somebody said, why didn't this work? I'm going to go "Eh, this, and I'm going to sound like a broken record. I say this all the time. I don't think podcasters have the courage. And I'm not saying this is easy for the record, but you really need to get feedback. And I don't think they did in one article that was published right after they launched. It stated that Quibi's executives have hinted that the company will deliver on a TV experience if customer feedback and data warranted it. In other words, well, right now it's only on the phone. And if people really want it on their TV, eh, we'll think about it. And if you think if you the, the list of stars were somewhat kind of older actors and actresses and things like that, you didn't have a lot of YouTubers on there that got their own channel and things like that. And the people that are kind of older were probably thinking, hey, can I stream this on my Apple TV, on my Fire TV? What about Chromecast? Well, they did actually add support 
for Apple AirPlay and Chromecast. But in the process of doing that, it's somehow you can't do the turnstile technology on the TV. They, and this is what I thought was hilarious. They did finally release an app for the Fire TV and for Roku the day before they announced that they were closing down. So it just seemed like they didn't understand how people use their phones or how people consumed content. And I heard different reports where they were saying, well, part of it was COVID-19 because nobody's riding the subway anymore. And that's where they thought a lot of their viewership was going to go. And I'm like, really? Come on now. And then they have since kind of retracted that. So that might've played a part in it. I'm like, no, the content was awful. And I mean, if you Google the phrase, what's the average length of a YouTube video? It's 11 minutes. And I don't know if they thought making short videos was the key, but the thing that gets me, if you think about short videos, the phrase TikTok is going to come up. And during this time, as Quibi was bursting into flames like the Hindenburg, TikTok was taking off with all sorts of what? Celebrities making their own channels. And from what I understand, because I'm not on TikTok, really funny videos, really entertaining things. Everybody's doing different dances and things like that. Oh, yeah. And that was free. So did Quibi kind of take a page out of the fake Facebook strategy and maybe, you know, borrow some features and add them to their own platform? Did they start to make things shorter? No. They again insisted, oh, we're doing something different and we're not competition. We're we're doing our own thing. And I'm like, yeah, you were doing your own thing that nobody cared about as you were lighting money on fire. <laughs> then for me, as I, as I did all this research, there's one thing that they really didn't do. And if you have listened to this program, you know what I'm going to say. It is the number one thing you have to figure out before you start your podcast. And that is, who is this for? The idea was that people would watch these short clips again, waiting in line in at the grocery store or on the bus. And when you think of people consuming content on the phone, those might be a little younger people. Like think about it. Snapchat and TikTok are two social media platforms that most people say, oh, oh, it's just those crazy kids with their tweet book and face chat and in yeah, the 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 talker ticky. Yeah. The the talker scope, whatever. Yeah. So it maybe it is younger people, yet they were trying again, like I said, they're trying to attract a maybe the younger audience, the people that are glued to their phones with Steven Spielberg. And look, Steven Spielberg is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, but I I don't really see his name synonymous with short movies on a phone uh, or Jay Leno. Um, now, sure, you know, Cardi B is definitely for the younger demographic, but she like appeared in one episode of one of the shows. You know, if the content is for busy people, think about this. Their idea was these are going to be 10 minutes for busy people on the go. Okay, who who are those people? In the words of Seinfeld, who are the busy people and what do they want to watch? And according to an article in Forbes, Katzenberg and Whitman said, we created a new form of mobile first premium storytelling. And they did. 
in my opinion, the problem was the stories weren't any good. They relied on big names and not the content and the technology. So what can podcasters learn from this? When I hear somebody say, hey, I have an Electroids RE320. Should I get the Shure SM7B? So should I go from a $300 microphone to a $400 microphone? Again, it's not the tech. Both of those microphones are fine. When I hear I'm going to get these big names on my show and that's going to grow my audience, not unless you know how to interview. It's not the big names that are going to do it. And then the other thing, I never heard about this service aside from the Super Bowl. You've got to go where your audience is, make friends with them, and let them know about your show. You can't just use social media. If you think about social media, yes, social media helps. Absolutely. But those people are already following you. The goal is to make content so good that the people following you will tell the people who are not following you. So save your money. Don't spend $1.7 billion. And again, can we just think about that for something that lasted 239 days? Those are some lessons that we can learn to keep the money in our pocket. All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. (laughs) Speaking of podcast equipment, I wanted to mention that I've uh, partnered with Sweetwater.com. This is where I'm going to be. If somebody says, where should I buy this now? I'm going to say Sweetwater. And I know what you're thinking, but Dave, why wouldn't you just go to Amazon? And I'm not one of those guys that's like, I don't want to support the behemoth, man. man. No, I'm not that. But here's the thing. they Their prices, in some cases, are cheaper. Most cases, they match on my, uh, M, I think it's MB38 boom arm from Samsung. They're $10 cheaper. So great pricing, insane customer service. Now, how do I know this? I bought a Zoom P4 uh, yesterday, basically, and I will be getting it tomorrow. And it's free shipping. But they called me the day after to let me know that it shipped. Yeah, they sent me an email that said it it shipped. But the, the sales guy said, hey, I'm your sales guy, which leads me to another cool thing they do. Free tech support. So if you order something and you're like, I can't get the whatchamacallit to plug in the to the thingamabob thing, you just call their tech support. And you get a free two year warranty. So I think the P4 gets a one-year warranty with the manufacturer. You have an extended year with that. And, but wait, there's more. Uh, they have a payment system. So if you're like, ah, man, I'd really like to get that Roadcaster or the Zoom P8 or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, you could actually do a payment plan. And so if you do find yourself wanting to go look at gear, if you don't mind, by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Sweetwater, uh, that will take you to a link that actually earn a small commission if you actually buy something. But the other thing that I'm looking to do here versus an Amazon or a B&H, and for the record, I have no problem with any of those guys besides the fact that Amazon has just tr- cut me off in the past, in some cases for a good reason, 
uh, and in other reasons, no, not at all. But I am looking to develop a relationship with this company so that I can keep up with technology. I can get more things to play with, things of that nature. And so uh, you'll hear me talking about them in the future. But if you want to check it out, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Sweetwater. All right. I wanted to uh, leave you with a little experiment. I am reading a book, or I actually, to be honest, I'm listening to the book through Audible. And you can, since I said the word audible, uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash free book will get you there and you can get a free book. And the book is called, and it's a mouthful, The 30-Day Elixir for Creating Flawless Ideas, Leveraging Superhuman Focus, and Achieving Optimal Performance Through Flow. Yeah, that's a mouthful. This is, I, I got the tip from Jeff Brown, who does the read to lead, and uh, Jeff's a good guy. He's been on the show. And uh, he said, really, this is a great book. And I said, all right, Jeff, I'm going to believe you. So once again, podcasting helps sales. And it's an interesting book in that you can listen to it like one chapter at a time. It's almost like a day. And he had an example for the person that's thinking about doing something, but for whatever reason cannot, mm, I just got to, mm. and I have people like this. They have the equipment, they have the website, they have the idea, they have the name, they just can't. Mm, that final step of putting something out. And so what he says to do, and I was like, this is a really cool idea, is picture the email you're going to get from the person that you you go to your email inbox, you see the title that says, thank you so much. And you're like, thank you so much. And you click on it and it says, hello, I wanted to reach out to you because I listened to your podcast and you may not know this, but it really helped me. And the book says to write that email, that fictitious email, because that's the email that you're waiting to to get. That's the email you're going to get. I've talked about this in the past, how it's amazing. It's just you in a spare bedroom and you're just trying to do your thing. And then you get an email from somebody that says, I thought I was the only person going through this. Or, that really made me smile. I listened to a show called the geologic podcast by a guy named George Robb, who's been on this show. And George makes me smile and laugh on a regular basis. And that is valuable to me. So I actually support George's Patreon and and other things of that nature. But so many times we worry about, Oh, so many people are going to, you know, I'm going to put my show out to everyone. Well, everyone is not listening. And we think about the the trolls that are not going to like it. Well, people that don't like your show won't listen to it. We, I, I talked about that a few weeks ago about how we we think we have shorter attention spans. I think most people have a better idea of what they're looking for and they can detect that, hey, this show isn't for you. And so write down the email from the person that is waiting for you to get your show out. And just realize you're never going to get that email. You're never going to get that thank you email if you don't start your show. And you can't improve your show until you start it. And I would really like to help with that. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. And again, join worry-free. Use the coupon code LISTENER, L-A-S-T-E-N-E-R, and you can save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. For my friends in the U.S., Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving to all my friends outside the U.S. Have a great Thursday.
and I will see you next week with another episode of the School of Podcasting. Until then, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Dismissed.